guys? Hope you guys are doing super well. Hope you guys are off to another fantastic week. Welcome back to another episode of the FIFO Fit Podcast Show, episode 18. Today, we've hooked up another epic, epic interview with Peter Finn of Face Contracting. You guys are going to learn all about himself and uh, the work that he's doing in the FIFO, the mining and resource space. So stay tuned for that. As always, before we kind of dive into things, guys, a little bit of groundwork. Don't forget, if you have not already, head to the FIFO Fit Facebook page and take the free quiz and we can hook you up with a custom fitness plan based on your results there. So if you haven't already done that, head to www.facebook.com forward slash FIFO Fit AU and uh, send us a message, take the quiz, and uh, we'll hook you up with a custom plan based on your answers into that. So make sure you guys get yourself set up. With that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So for those of you who do not know this legend, uh, Peter's been working in the, uh, the mining industry since he's been 17 years old and has dug his way to the top of the industry as a leader in contract labor supply and many, many other specialized services. It is also the host of the full production podcast where he brings you the people that have experience and the proven track record in dealing with the traits, uh, trials and tribulations of working in the mining industry. You can check out Face Contracting and Peter's podcast at www.facecontracting.com.au. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks for the intro, brother. Um... <laughs> My pleasure, bro. Yeah, no, um, yeah, it's it's, it's um, good to be on, mate. I, I've obviously um, you reached out a little while ago, so it's good to finally um, hook up on the. Uh, I, I tell you the truth, I, I've watched a couple, but not not into um, full full length. So um, yeah, it's good to be on, and yeah, it's funny that because right now I'm going through a bit of a phase where I'm um, sorry, mate, my other phone's ringing. I'll put that on flight mode for you. Um, it's funny because um, full production is, is about to become its own uh, media outlet, so it's about to break away from face um, as you know, starting to get a fair bit of traction. So it's funny because in my head I'm already there, but obviously from, from the outside world it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> well, maybe we get to learn more. Maybe we'll share some more of insight into that. And I think that leads perfectly into the, the, the first question that I've got for you, bro. But from listening to your podcast, Full Production, and obviously speaking with you personally, you describe how mining is the only thing that you've ever known and obviously getting into the sector in, in your late teens and you're still here today. Uh, tell us, how did you come to working in the mining industry and actually get into it? And uh, what is it about the industry that you're obviously so passionate about? That it's funny, you know, because from zero to 18, you're a funnel to whatever your environment is. And I grew up in a in a mining community, um, sort of two communities, but mainly in Ningen, New South Wales, of all things, which is where the statue of the big bogan is. Um, but then down the road, another hour and a half is actually a um, another mining town called Coba. And that's where I predominantly spent my late teens. And that's a really heavy mining industry town. And uh, long story short of it... Um, uh, I, was, I was always into sport. I necessarily wasn't the best kid. Um, grew up a little bit adversely, nothing too major. You know, a lot of people grew up a lot worse than I did. And, um, you know, a big family of seven seven kids. And um, I think there's six girls and I'm the only boy. So um, you think I'd have some idea how females work, but I got nothing. Anyway, um, from there, I literally um, yeah, I finished school and um, the local football club, I, was, I must have been um, a half, probably younger too. I was, I was half quick on a rugby league field and they gave me a job in the mines and um, 
Yeah, from there it grew. So from the age of 16, 17, you know, I've always been working but finished high school and, you know, the reasons why I stayed in high school was mainly, um, you know, sport sport and female-related um, being that age. But I went into the mining game head first and, um, yeah, from there it's just sort of growing. It's all I've ever known, you know. Like I've seen Dad work in the mines and mates' dads and, you know, I, and it's funny now I see all the statistics from even when I was growing up about the divorces and all this stuff that comes yeah. with mining and, um, you know, people not being resourceful enough for the money they earn. But I was no different. I went through it and uh, earned good money and played football and, you know, the women come with it, all the fun stuff come with it, the, the, the alcohol, the, the cars and, you know, and it's a typical lifestyle the miners, you know, get. They earn big money and they work their days on and they and they drink and take drugs and whatever they do on their days off and it forms a pretty nasty lifestyle where they become dependent on that money to maintain for their jet skis and Malou utes and houses and stuff and I was no different, dude. I walked that sort of path, um, pretty similar. So if anyone anyone's really keen to dive right into the story, you can go to episode twelve of full production which is um, gives you a real better insight to um, who I am personally in, in the whole journey. But ultimately, um, I think I've always been a person that's willing to ask questions, and I sort of started to ask some pretty deep questions. And I think the saying goes, you know, the quality of questions you're prepared to ask yourself is the quality of um, – and the quality answers you're prepared to give it is the quality of life you'll live. And, that, and that's what ultimately come down to. I started to look in the mirror and wonder why I was here and what my purpose is. And when you look at life, it's pretty short, Cam, which means you were spoken about offline, you know, and um, I see Paul's online watching as well, um, where, you know, from 0 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, you know, when's your number up? When's the big fella tapping you on the shoulder and saying that's it full time? And um, I think we should appreciate this thing called life and, and show that gratitude a lot more because um, unfortunately in, in the Western society, especially in, in the mining industry, we all think we're a little bit entitled um, to the, the big money and the big lifestyle. But, you know, I'll give you, give you perspective, you know, uh, 5 billion people live on less than, you know, $4 a day. And, um, you know, we po- I spent that in the bottle of water I brought just before this podcast because uh, I wasn't going to have really? cotton mouth. But, you know, when you start thinking like that consistently, you, you, you mm. start, you know, it's like going to the gym. You know, you go to the gym consistently, you're going to see results. So, you know, you, if you're a bit chubby, you go, right, that, that, that's the identification of what's wrong. And then, then, you, then you go, right, I want to lose a bit of weight. So the action is to go do some activity. So you go and do some activity, but you can't just go to the gym once and lose weight, can you? You can't get a you can't get a body by Jake like you by going to the gym once. You got to go consistently, and um, and then from there, as all these questions started to evolve in myself, and I started to surround myself with some good people, um, we then grew into um, I started a company in relatability, and then all of a sudden you don't don't study in the background a lot of emotional intelligent um, sort of conversations because. Technically, as I talked at the start, from zero to 18, I know nothing but mining. If you want to talk mining, dude, I talk it all day of the week. And um, mm. ultimately, the people, you know, they're my people. This is I'm trying to help people who are me, you know, um, from you know, Ningen, Kobar, Kalgoorlie, Mount Isa. It doesn't matter where you're from. Even if you're not into mining and you want to get into it, from whatever angle, um, whether, you know, like yourself, trying to help guys that are, look after their health from a fly-in, fly-out lifestyle point of view. Like, and, and not just the guys that are, you know, who are already fit, you know, the guys that, 
who want to be that person? Well, what person do you want to be and what actions are you prepared to take to be there? You know, if you always do what you've always done, should you expect a, a, a different result? No. So if you want to do, you want something different, you've got to do something different. And ultimately, uh, um, for me personally, dude, um, like my journey is, is to help the mining demographic. And the only way I can do that is, is be the best version of myself and, and lead by example. And if you lead by example, people in their own time will come and, come and want the change, you know. I'm only 33 speaking like this. If a 23-year-old Peter Finn could see a 33-year-old Peter Finn speak like, speak like this, he'd be just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he's a different human. I actually wanted to ask you on that. Was there a certain point, like, or what was the certain point that things changed for you? Because you were talking about how you live that life. You, you know, you went through all the pitfalls that everyone kind of goes through. What was it that kind of woke you up, so to speak, and had you changed that pathway and had you essentially start think thinking differently or asking those questions of yourself? Um, it was funny, eh? I see Jonesy um, putting a, a bit of a smiley face here on the Facebook. Well, I used to work with Jonesy. He's probably looking at the story, and he means Jonesy are good mates, and he, he's probably seen the story evolve a fair bit from when I was a safety and trainer to the company now. But it was funny. I started off as, as a consultancy business, and... Um, um, yeah, it's a, a bit of a deep, bit of a deep thought. This is, dude. This is not something that I talk about regularly or, or expose. So it's a good question. It was um, growing up pretty, I guess, I guess poor. Like you know, didn't have a lot of money, and I just blow it up the wall. And naturally, thing you not grow up a lot and then have a lot, and then you just fucking unresourceable. To be to be frank, I I started the face, and I started to get legs, and I started to you know, I looked at me life materialised wise, and that's how I, only thing I knew. I had a nice car, had a nice unit in Sydney. I had a pitch, I had an office in Pitt Street. I got a wife who hopefully watches this again, and, and I and she's a heart, you know part time model, you know, so and she earned good money, and then all of a sudden I was like, shit, like from the outside in, I got everything, and um, unfortunately, dude, I, I was really I was really sad and depressed. Like, you know, I come from, I didn't know how to handle it. I come from nothing. I come from Burke Street, Cobra, you know, which is in the avenues that I could have took in life, could have took me down a variety of tracks. Unfortunately, I had mates take them tracks who are still mates today, but, the, you know, the outcome hasn't been good. It's been jail or whatever it might have been, you know, or drug use or divorces and, you know, all the other statistical shit that comes with not being able to handle the money that the, the lifestyle mining gives you as an example. So um, from from that, um, I, I had a good reflection and sort of thought really hard. I, I went to the doctor. I was a bit concerned because, you know, looking from the outside in, I had everything. I just didn't know why I felt this way. And I was pretty active still. And so I went to the doctor not knowing what to do and, you know, ended up getting on the antidepressants and a few things. And, yeah, they were great. They, they fucking numb you. You know, I had a mate, um, you know, who's ha had them before who had similar troubles and same sort of thing. He never – he talked about how it evolved for him and it was quite similar to myself where money was an issue and all this other stuff. And, and then not saying money is not an issue, just saying that at the time that's the way I felt. So, um, yeah, I, I started this and I, know I, I was looking for answers. So when you're looking for answers, you usually find it. Yeah, so I talk about that statement I said before, that the quality questions you ask yourself is, you know, the quality answers you give it is the quality of life you live. So I started searching for answers, started Googling things, started listening to the podcast, you know, Tim Ferriss, um, Tony Robbins, um, Lewis Howes and... I uh, started seeing a shrink down the road, and she was a nice lady. But I was, out of all things, there's a guy called Carl Hewen, and he, he, anyone watching should Google him. So I, I invested in Carl 
how I met Carl was he um, I was on a flight to New Zealand where my wife's from, and a girl from Cobo I grew up with and a really good friends with called um, Anna Fryer. She's on the same flight on the way out. I was like, oh hey, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh um, my boyfriend's from um, the Bay of Plenty, where where my wife's from as well. And I'm like, oh how weird's that? And we're living in Sydney at the same time, and we, and we just caught up and. Um, I didn't know what he did, and I ended up obviously becoming friends with him on Facebook, and he was a holistic health coach, and I was like, oh, look, I need to do something different. So I just put him up for a chat, and, and then, you know, we, we talked. I started playing footy and doing all these things for the wrong reasons, you know, like just to feel alive. I was really numb, and um, I told him how I was feeling. And after me, me and Carl, I've been seeing Carl for about five years now, and we're, and we're um, best of mates. Um, and uh, long story short, uh, it was probably the best investment I made was in myself and what Carl did. It helped me give me the structure I needed in life to be able to live it fulfillingly, like, you know, with purpose. And he's helped me. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't an easy journey. Fuck, you know, the first two years trying to learn the stuff he was teaching me, it was painful, you know, like about what my values are, what my actual, you know, what was, you know, you talk about inspired. I was inspired internally, and that's what I was trying to do. I was willing to break myself down and put myself in some vulnerable states physically, mentally, emotionally to be able to try and get that clarity to move forward. And, um, yeah, ultimately, that once, once I started to, you know, and that's what I mean, going through them, all them stages of life, I learned heaps and started to really wanted to grow. And, and I opened up a whole world of personal development that you know, technically it's um, yeah, part of the journey that probably changed my life. But that was the moment. That, that yeah. moment was the moment that, that changed my perception to what I was going to do and how I was going to do things. Bit of a bit of a bit of a bit of a long-winded answer, I know, but no, that's no, that's that's perfect, and that's great. So you're basically talking about the journey that you went, where externally, you know, everything was supposedly all good and all great, but internally, you you weren't connected to that, and it started going down and down and down and down and down, and then and then you got to this point where you had to make a change. You kind of got up and and you were searching for answers, found that. Uh, what do you think it is that uh, on that? What do you think it is that really stopped that initial change? What's the block uh, in your own words that stops people from actually, you know, more people from making that change? Uh, it's funny, as I just talked about at the very start of the conversation. People know there's something about them they don't like, but individually, whether they, you know, whatever they need, they need to become comfortable in their own skin. So you see people in relationships, as an example, they're in one serious relationship and then they just jump to another. And it's sort of like, you know, actually, how about you spend some time by yourself and figure out who you are and what you want and sort of be your own person or not that person that you're justified by your environment. You know, I saw that old analogy, if you let the shit people affect how you feel, then you let the shit people win. But um, it, it, the funny, I talked about at the start, and sorry to get off topic a little bit there, was is one is the identification, like, you know, really what's your issue, you're not happy. What you find is what your biggest void is is actually what you value the most. So if you're overweight, righto, and it's a void in your life and you're going, oh, my health, you know, it's actually what you value the most because technically you're thinking about it and you want to improve it. And then obviously, so you go, right, I want to improve my health. This is an easy topic, uh, your physical health. So cool, what's the, what's the action I've got to take? I've got to take. I've got to go to the gym, or I've got to find an activity like touch footy or whatever. Um, no matter what your body size is or what you're into, try and find a hobby or some sort of activity. And then, thirdly, it's just do it consistently. And when you do things consistently, that's when you see the results. So this is no different to that's a physical aspect. You talk about um, your mental aspect. You know, every morning before my feet hit the ground, I, I practice um, gratefulness or appreciation. 
to realise how grateful I am to be in this environment. I've got a blanket over me, I've got a roof over my head, I've got, a, uh, got my health. Because you haven't got your health, your mental health, physical health, emotional health, you don't have a great deal. And we all know someone, you know, technically, who should be here watching this Facebook Live who have passed away or, or mentally not the same person or physically not there or emotionally not there. And, um, yeah, it's, um, I think the biggest thing I can encourage people to do is just to take action. And then, like, you know, not go do a six-week program and then stop. Do a six-week program and keep on going after that. Like, what's next? Keep that building block happening um, and, and enjoy it. You need to enjoy what you do. That's, that's I, awesome. And I think the, the answers, I, and thank you so much for going so in-depth with these answers because I think the, the following two questions you pretty much already answered were us. I think the, the second one I was, go, I was going to be asking about how, obviously, your company has evolved from face mining, uh, mining services to now face contracting, so, you know, broadening, and, and that's evolving. And then I wanted to ask about how you feel you've evolved over the last 10 years to facilitate that change, but you've gone into that quite in depth about, obviously, the work that you've done on a personal level. And I think maybe even a better question, you, know, you talk a lot about building great relationships. Uh, and uh, going as far to say where I've got here is the only thing that you take out of life are the relationships that, that come from it. And uh, when did this, when did this, when did you first start saying this and when did this first come up for you and how has that helped you get to where you are today? Yeah, first of all, Johnny, Johnny Covers on, um, on Instagram, he said, G'day, g'day, Johnny, good man, good winder driver, Johnny. I worked with Johnny at McMahon's out at uh, CSA Project many years. But um, yeah, it's funny because it's true though. Like you think about it, dude. Think about how much money you got in your bank account, and you think about um, all the materialized shit. You know, the headphones, the, the joggers, or whatever. You know, the, the toys, the hobbies. You know, when you're on your deathbed, what do you think you're actually going to think about? And you can go on Google. Go on Google what people think about in their deathbed. I think it's a lady. I haven't read the book, but I think someone read a book about she was um, looking after terminally ill patients, and, and she's a nurse. And these nurses, as you know, nurses are incredible in general, um, especially the nice ones that are empathetic because, you know, hear them talk to people that are passing away and dying. And, and technically the only thing you take out of life, righto, is the relationships you have in it. And we all know when you lose someone you love or care about, whether it be a dog or a human or whatever, you can only remember for what it is, and it's a bit like a it's a bit like a hangover, you know. Uh, over t time, heals everything because you know you're like I'm not getting on the piss this weekend, and sure enough, you know, next weekend you're on the piss, and you forgot what it was like to feel hungover again, and that's why you know. And people, you know, for me personally, are people that aren't here anymore, and you think shit, like you know, what would they say to me if they were here? You know, right now we've got the ability to stand on the shoulders of giants, like the wheels already been created. And you've got an opportunity to be the human you want to be. But ultimately, dude, yeah, like I, I, and that's why uh, my motive is, is the more I can get is the more I can give. I got it from Steve Irwin. You know, Steve Irwin, wants, he goes, I want more money. The more money I can get, the more land I can buy, more animals I can save. And, he's, and, he's, and I'm no different. I want to get more work. I want to deliver on more work. I want to get more money so I can yet provide for my lifestyle, but I can give more, try and give more to my demographic and my people. And ultimately, you know, um, and then the podcast of full production, like everything that I chase in life is relationships. You know, people I hang out with, even even people that I don't agree with or don't necessarily like. Like, I, I, it's funny, I, I talk about the journey with Face. When I first started Face, it was all out of despite to prove people wrong. And then all of a sudden, I'm actually really grateful for them people that gave me the energy to do that. 
because now it's all about giving back to people that I care and even people that are like that who've got that ill feel. It's like, mate, cool, you can be a dickhead, but you're not going to affect how I feel. Just because you're like that doesn't mean I'm going to be like that. So the people, the people that bring other people down, I'm making them, them guys the odd ones out. 100%. That, that yeah. certainly people, I think, I think we all have those people in our lives. And, and if, you, uh, if you take the right perspective on it, you can certainly, well, you always be grateful for those kind of people because oftentimes they're the ones that give you the push necessary to take the, the action that leads to you know, a life of fulfillment. So that's, that's incredible, man. Um, uh, on that as well, being in recruitment, you, you know, you're connecting companies with potential employees. You know, what's the best piece of advice that you could give without any experience working in the mining uh, and resource industry looking to be employed in the sector? Yeah, I just want to say a quick shout out to my little nephew, Roy. He's called me uh, a fag. Roy, I'm watching you, brother. I'll be telling your mum what you just did. Um, mate, just quickly, um, it's, it's, it's a good topic, righto. Um, uh, you know, the, the, this one statement that hits the nail on the head, right? Oh? And as simple as this, you spend, you nearly need to choose what you do for work before you choose who you're going to marry. Because you spend that much time at work, why would you want to be at work and hang out with people that you don't want to hang out with? Or, you know, you can embrace weirdnesses. But the reality of it is you need to hang out with people that are, that are people you want to hang out with. You're doing a task that you want to do. This is why it's really important for management and supervisors um, that are, um, I guess, um, pushing the environment, you know, or creating the environment that bring the best out of people. And, you know, technically, yeah, you've got to enjoy who you hang around and you've got to enjoy what you do. And if you don't, what are you prepared to do to go and find the answer or find the clarity to do something different? Go and try something different. Go and do a different task. You know, uh, and I see Jonesy. I know Jonesy's done some study in the past. I amen to that because the reality of it is, dude, I've got mates that do seven on, seven off, and they'll do seven days on, and then they'll have uh, seven days off. But, you know, if they, if they took, seven, uh, took seven days off, they'd have three weeks off. You know, Ray Dolan, one of my good mates, he took a week off the other day, he had three weeks off, he went and done a real estate course. Now he's a qualified real estate agent. And it's funny hearing him talk. He's like, actually, you know, now I've got a ticket I can fall back on and, you know, I really enjoy real estate. But, you know, when I'm over mine and I might go do something like that from a body point of view and a mental point of view or when I have kids. And that's a, as an example, people got the opportunity to go and invest in themselves and do something totally different if they really want it. You know, but I'm not saying, you know, and even I, I encourage people to come, to you, come into mining and use it as a ship to get to where they need to get to. If they need to come into mining and say, right, I'm here for two or three years, I'm going to study part-time at this university because you're working seven days on, seven days off, you know, and I'm also while I study, I'm going to save up so I can have a deposit for a house, whatever the case might be. And, and you know, be, be thinking forward about how you want to live your life and what you want to do. And, um, yeah, I, and I'm just going through a different stage of life too, you know, like I'm, you know, like I said, I've got a young family now and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, you change. Like how, how am I going to be thinking and what am I going to be saying when I'm 43? And then what am I going to be saying when I'm 53? I'm always evolving, dude. This is, this is Peter Finn at 33. I've got no idea what I'd say if I was 43 in front of this camera. <laughs> That's great. It's, and I think so the notes that I was taking from that is, is essentially – Taking, and this really relates to everything that you talk about as well, but it's taking a personal responsibility 
for your life, right? I don't know if you've uh, if you've had the opportunity to dial into any of Jordan Peterson's stuff, but he's someone I've, I've really gone into and read a lot of his books and stuff, but some similar kind of concepts here. But essentially moving from an entitlement mindset to, you know, if you want it, involve yourself, like, you know, immerse yourself, jump in the deep end, immerse yourself in that space mm. and, uh, you know, take action, take consistent action uh, to, you know, to, to do what you need to do. It's funny, it's funny you say immerse. So you've got to remember, right, people have different risk profiles, okay? So, um, you know, for example, I've got a mate who's he's my age, a bit older than me actually, and he wants to get out of, the, out of his current industry into another job or he wants to start his own business. But the reality of it is, you know, he's got, a, he's got three young kids, you know, beautiful wife, and, and, you know, he's got a lot of, you know, humans have got two feelings, Kim. They've got certainty and uncertainty. So it's sometimes, right, this is what I think I want to do, and this is the path I indicatively want to walk. It may change and it might vary, but, you know, understand that there's, there's steps you can play to get to what they're actually looking for. You're actually looking for confidence to be able to do what you just did which is just run out and immerse yourself in that field or try and make an impact or try and make a difference. I was very fortunate when I tried to start to do face, I did it purely on the back of when I had no kids and my wife worked. So I, my risk profile was, yep, I could run at this now. If it pulls off, it pulls off. If it doesn't, well, I'll, I'll go get a job and, you know, things change. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot of uncertainty around the entrepreneur path. And um, I'm really grateful that my wife, Rachel, she worked during the times when I first started the company. And now, look, like I'm very fortunate that I stuck with it from a consistency point of view and it come off. But it doesn't mean because you're 33 or whatever stage of life you're at, whether you've got kids or don't have kids or whatever, um, you know, you even see it in work crews. You know, how's a 25-year-old operator work compared to a 35-year-old operator work? You know, usually a 25-year-old operator, all he cares about is his days off and having a good time, where the 35 is thinking about his young family and he's he taking a different approach altogether. And that's what I say. If people are stuck in a rut or just going through the motions, well, that's, that's what you call um, living life subconsciously. And so the, the reality often is you need to be more conscious and present and, and lead by example, especially when you have kids. Like, what are you, you know, you, your product, your environment, which I talked about at the start of this conversation, what are they looking at mum and dad and what are they like? You know, are they overweight? Are they resenting the best version of themselves? You know, I know for me personally, I want my kids to look at me and go, look at dad, wow, well, like he's really running a life. And I, I think it's that catch-22 where if you really want something different, don't think, you know, to jump, quit your job and jump straight in head first. Like, look at your different profiles because what happens if you quit your job and jump in head first, you know, I can tell you what happens. I see it happen all the time. You know, people go, oh, it's a good idea. Let's do this. The missus starts peeking out about money, you know, the, you know, and all of a sudden you and her are fighting all the time and then the kids are seeing you fight all the time and it turns toxic and all of a sudden you go back into your, your normal routine and you, and you never leave again. So that's why I say there's a whole journey you've got to go on if you want something different. And the problem is that the big word you want to throw around here is patience. You throw around the patience and you use it and, and let it happen and keep on moving forward. And if you get a setback, yeah, reassess, go again and keep on bouncing back and re reflecting. You know, you reflect on life and you, you move forward, reflect on the experience and move forward. That's ultimately what I can say to people that, you know, want That's to chase their dream from, from whatever <laughs> they want to do. And if they don't know, I'm going to ask the question, if you don't know what you want to do, what are you prepared to do to go find out? Where are you going to look? There's a thing called Google these days. Jump on it, treat yourself. You're amazed what you can Google and find. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So ch changing pace a little bit here. Uh, you know, every year, the mining and resource industry sees some incredible new innovations, uh, and which truly, you know, uh, push the boundaries of, uh, of innovation, of uh, productivity, rather. 
Uh, in the next 10 years, what innovation or, or innovations are you most excited for and why? Mm, innovation, mate. You know what? I, I've actually, I've got, I won't say too much, but I have got um, close ties and some news coming out shortly around um, my own technology and innovation um, re, uh, guys that I'm investing in and hanging out with because, you know, it's technically, uh, I get, you, you'll notice on full production, there will be a lot of um, tech guys and innovation guys that will come on the podcast in the near future because that's the topic we're going to be talking about is, you know, innovation and technology. Um, for me personally, the, the, the real um, tactics going to be is is human and, and robotic integration. There's still going to be a human element there. So we've got to be upskill and thinking differently. Um, we need to be advancing our skills and becoming better people. Like there's no, you know, no one, like technically I don't think anyone really wants to sit there and do the same mundane job all the time and just go through the motions of life. Like you see it in people, they just go through the motions of life and it's like, oh, mate, like wish you'd, wish you'd have a bit of spark in you, you know, and this is, this is, you don't get, life's not a dress rehearsal. It's, it is what it is. It's, it's um it's there for the taking if you really want it. But you know, back on back on the topic of um technology and innovation, mate, yeah, there's some cool shit happening, dude. I spoke to a guy in Canada about like all uh, ore sorting. So when ore comes up the conveyor belt, they can actually sort the ore out in a different grade. Talking about Google Glass coming into play, talking about, you know, uh um, you know, you talk about. I know you had a nurse on you before. We're talking about ESO life boards, where you can keep a person to alive for up to two hours, and it beams straight to a medical professional. So before they even get to the surface, you already know what's going on. Like, so, and this is all a massive cross pollination between the health sector, defence sector, and you know, and it relates into mining. What you find is, is this is what happens in mining at the moment. You've got these really older guys that are in charge of the whole mining world, right? And they just, re I'll give you an example. Just recently, they, you know, stars. Uh, sustainability and now now all of a sudden everyone's got a project and i'm like you know you just contradicted yourself in a matter of months but people have forgotten over the last three months what we talked about three months ago anyway and probably even the mm -hmm. person but the problem is you also get these guys you know i said at the very start of the conversation always do what you've always done you always get what you've always gotten and what the problem mm -hmm. is you get a lot of these guys that are in these positions that that are old and actually the more older you get, I think I think it's called neuroelasticity in the brain, where you have you don't have the the ability to be able to bend it. Like you know, go and talk to your grandma or someone old and say, "Hey, cryptocurrency." You see their face go, "Whoa!" Like I don't want to talk about that shit, you know. And then you're talking about you know Google Glass, where you wear glasses and you got everything in, in the corner. Like you know, it's it's the and what's the problem is 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 people aren't adaptable to the change in front of them. And this is what excites me is the new generation coming through. But it's, it's like two parts of the brain: is the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. And obviously, you know, you get the analytical side. So you get these guys that are, and I'm sure Jones, you and people that are still in the work in the workforce, you get these guys that are extremely technically smart. And we see this in life all the time. Technically, they're super smart. But, fuck, they're so unrelatable. And, mm. you know, you'd nearly prefer to have a guy that's not technically smart, but he's extremely relatable. And then Super you see logical. some... Well, I've got this guy in my business at the moment, um, Dean Valby, he's just joined. And, and, like, dude, this guy, analytically, extremely smart. But it's amazing how well I've been... He's been seeing Carl doing a lot of life coaching, and he's very uh, uh, nice guy in general. When you see the, the, the even balance between the left brain and right brain, 
you get a smart guy with a bit of personality, wow, she's dangerous, you know. Um, and I look forward, I, I like I like seeing people that are just not only just smart, but really good and relatable people. Uh, sorry, Johnny, I didn't mean to didn't mean to discount you old fellas, but um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think if anything, you know, this this is where you've got the ability to stand on the shoulders of giants, you know. We've got the ability to talk to someone like John who's, you know, been in the industry a very long time and, and figure out what he's seen and what his perception is. And you get the opportunity to look from, you know, someone who's seen things from a different age bracket, you know, seen things from a different different point of view. And the reality of it is if you've got the ability to stand on the shoulder of giants, because, you know, perception is reality. However you perceive it, that's the reality of it. And are you willing to go and ask a question to get someone else's point of view? It's like religion. You know, sometimes you bring up and you're like, oh, shit, that's different. Or, oh, oh, that's different. It's like, you know... Kiwis and Kiwis and Aussies, so similar but a little bit different. It's it's a um, it's an interesting topic, dude. I could probably go down that avenue uh, a lot more. No, that's great. That's great, and it gives us, I guess, a more of a rounded and different perspective on the idea as well. Uh, and you know, like transitioning with that, what do you think is uh, what do you see as some of the greatest uh, challenges in the mining industry over the next decade? What do you see some of these uh, you know some things popping up as as being some of the biggest issues you know i won't even say the mining game I mean, you can go down the mining game there's a lot of issues too but resilience in people you know um people want things now they don't want to wait for it you know and, and you know you see it now as we're going for an upswing you know guys start operating the machinery and they, and they go up the food chain really quickly because it's a big upswing where other guys you know um, have to wait their time because of whatever the market's doing so we i'm really concerned about the about the boom and bust like you know i don't think this the, the, you know, humans got two feelings, certainty and uncertainty. And I don't think as an industry we're creating um, that much certainty. Like, I think we're just going to... And, and that's what makes mining unattractive from a perception point of view. People are like, well, why the fuck would I go work in mining, you know? You you, you work, you know, um, seven days on, seven days off. Yep, that's great. But then all of a sudden, you know, in two years' time, they don't have nothing to do with you and they throw you to the street. You know, you know we don't we don't want that in mining. We want mining to be have plenty of certainty around it. We want to have plenty of innovation. We want people to want to enjoy mining. Like you know, let's look at Varley. That Varley the other day, they had that you know the tails warm tails war collapse over in Brazil. It killed two hundred and thirty people. Fuck yeah. fuck Varley. That doesn't look bad on Varley. It looks bad on everybody in the mining game. You know, and this is what you talk about. Like, we, we, how we met, we need to be talking about all the positive things in mining, like the innovation, the technology that are coming through, the career opportunities, the people you work with. There's some awesome people, awesome humans from all walks of life. And, um, you know, embracing that factor. And, and um, you know, I, I, I can't encourage people enough to come into mining because of, you know, how cool it really is. You know, underground surface, the machinery, whatever field you're in. And, you know, what else you, you know, what, what avenues do you want to grow down? Like, you know, um, there's, yeah, there's heaps, dude. I could open up a can of worms here, but I'm really keen <laughs> for the perception of mining to improve. And I, I'm really excited about um, some of the technology coming through, some of the people coming through, the different thought processes that are coming through. And I really want to harness that. Because the reason why I started the podcast and I really started this influence train, uh, especially around the mining game, is because this is who I am. I, I, I want to look after my future. I want to leave a legacy and say, hey, guys, come to mining. This is why. Not for money. You know, money is your motivator. Sweet, but why is your motivator for? You know, how many times have I seen guys say, oh, I'm only here for two years, and they, and they tick up all these houses and cars, and then all of a sudden they realise they can't leave because 
they can't find a job well enough that pays them enough to be able to pay the interest on it. You know, it's a catch-22 where it can become a trap. And there's so many things we need to put education around the mining game. Divorces, mental health, physical health. You know, we've got Paul watching. He's right on that train at the moment. Um, we're talking about, you know, your physical health. Guys like yourself, because you know yourself, when you're physically fit, you've got mental clarity and you feel good. And it's the same. It's all connected. And then all of a sudden, your relationships you know, um, you know, it's, the divorce rates in mining is huge, let alone, you know, all the other stuff like suicide and un- job, job unsatisfaction. Like, it's shit, man. That's just, that's just really um, taken on a spiral to how many things we can improve on when, you know, I'm doing things like, we all, you know, talk to guys like you. We run out health packages, talk to guys like Paul, talk about wellness package from, from a mental point of view, get Carl Hewn involved. I've got a mate called Andrew Hartshaw. We're looking at rolling out some financial education because... We want people to come to the mining and come with the right tools they need to be able to make the most of it, not come here and um, develop the habits where they, you know, do drugs, do alcohol, work their days on, go through a divorce like every other cycle person in the mining game. That's all. Awesome. So, so it's a combination of taking a personal responsibility and then also seek, essentially seeking education, seeking the right education uh, to be able to... Uh, essentially overcome the challenges that you're, you're saying that you foresee in the next decade. Yeah, yeah, like it makes me nervous, but it also makes me excited, some of the stuff that's coming out, dude. Like embrace the change um, and, and, you know, take some action on individually. And, and we really need some really need some leaders in the mining game that are not just talking money. Like we're always talking money. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned mining in non-mining circles. The first thing they think about is money or you're an environmental wrecking machine. And every time I have the same conversation, I go, mate, don't use your phone because it's made out of mining products. Do not turn your power switch on because it's made out of copper and I don't want you using copper, mate, because you've just wrecked the world. Like, you know, and then you start having the conversation yeah. about environmental factors. Yeah, Vale have thrown a bit of a spinner in the works and, and they'll, they'll pay for that and they know they will. But the, the reality of it is too, you know, the, the, this more environmental factor that mining actually has on the earth is minor compared to what it gives. And, um, you know, John, sorry, I was going to say, Johnny, here saying I came into the in mining, I came to mining six, uh, for six months to save some coin to go overseas. Here I am 39 years later. Yeah, there's a, there's an example, dude. Like John, it's, and obviously Johnny's, Johnny's a bit older than us. Like, um, I don't want to bring his age into it because he's already, he's already chewing me about it. But yeah, that's a prime example, dude. And, and Johnny probably enjoys the mine, I'd like to think. But, you know, everyone comes in here, exactly the same thing. Oh, I'll just go mining for a little bit and then. They develop a lifestyle dependent on it. And, you know, we should be learning from people like John. Like, you know, and then, you know, it's funny. People ask me the question is, you know, having kids now, a lot of, lot of, lot of people, a lot of people, for example, um, sorry for the, Johnny's giving me the bird, but <laughs> it's funny because you ask the question like, you know, people will usually, you know, my family, my, I've got a lot of friends that grew up in a mining town like Cobar and they, um, they, they don't work in mining themselves because, you know, all our parents usually, or not all our parents, but some of our parents worked in mining so we didn't have to, you know. They're, they're trying to push people away from mining. And I'm not saying mining's, you know, you shouldn't. I, I, I'll be keen to push my kids into mining whether they want to go there or not. But once again, I want to change the perception and make mining more attractive again. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. And, and final question I've got to ask, uh, this is my favourite question to ask people is, what, is the, what are the two most interesting things that you've learnt in the past 12 months. And I know for, for a guy like yourself, there's going to be way more than two, but if you can do key ones. Yeah, two. Mate, um, be happy. 
like you know being happy is key you know i um i got kids now and so being happy is key because that's that's what life's all about just be happy like if you're not if you're not happy like it's funny i ask myself a certain amount of questions every every morning there's actually seven questions and it's called the highway to happiness so if you answer if you spend one minute in each one of these questions and um you'll you'll you know it feels good and it's funny how the mind works so the first question is is what you're most happy about and the first thing you think about is what you're most not happy about uh, it's funny how many negative thoughts come into your brain but you know what you're most happy about uh, what you're most excited about uh, what you're proud of um, what are you most grateful for? What are you enjoying the most? What are you committed to and who do you love? You know, you spend one minute in each one of them questions, dude, it, it will, you know, they call it the highway to happiness. And, you know, there's a lot of self-improvement things can do. So I, I, I think that um, little things done consistently will, will be the bigger changer over time. Um, so that would be, be number one is, is to be happy. And, and number two is um, patience. Life's a... Life's a Life's a um, she's a she's a journey, mate. She's nice and steady, dude. She's, you know, you look 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 after your health, your physical health, mental health, emotional health, because you haven't got any of them three things. You got nothing, and you know, go if you if you if you you want some want some humbling gratitude, go to an old people's home and go and talk to someone who's on the way out. Like they will hit you in the face, and say like. You know, this is you know what you know. And you see, I see it. I see it like in people all the time. They get old and they get sick and they think, shit. Mentally, I'm still 30, but now I'm 70, and they've just gone through life, you know, subconsciously. You know, be present, enjoy the moments, and be happy. Whatever, whatever the fuck you're doing, be happy and and show patience and enjoy. Peter Finn, thank you so much for your time today, uh, being on the podcast here. For those of you who haven't checked out the full production podcast, definitely go check that out. Uh, and also Face Contract. You can see all of this on www.facecontracting.com.au. Thanks again for your time, mate. Thanks, brother. Pleasure, mate. And all the best on the journey. And I'm sure me and you'll be in contact. And thanks, everybody watching. Hope you all have a good day. See you guys later. Thanks for, thanks for taking your time, guys. Speak see you, guys boys. Later. See you.